0: Report a shot fired at officers trying to stop the vehicle. We have our one officer shot. We got shots fired. Sounded like an automatic firearm. Copy, so shots fired. We have an active shooter. We have an active shooter inside the warehouse. Now it's Shots Fired with your host, T.J. Kurgan, Dinah Death Milberg, and the lovely Crystal Powers. And happy Monday out there, all you listening in the Missouri land. T.J. Kurgan here, a.k.a. Sig Glock and Cold. I'm your wo- local warlord. And uh, now begins a beautiful week of fighting against tyranny and fighting for uh, for the rights to party with your firearms. The Second Amendment is at stake. The, the uh, midterms are just about 20 days away, and there is a lot on the line. There's a lot of news this week and uh, a lot of good things, a lot of bad things, a lot of things that make you go, hmm. And I guess we'll just... We'll just jump right into it. Uh, federal firearms licenses are being revoked at levels by the ATF, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, what, what President Biden calls the AFT, because he's an idiot. Um, FFLs, federal firearms licenses, are being revoked at, an, at, a, at a high, at a rate that has not been seen for 16 years. They're enforcing what's called a zero tolerance policy. We've talked about this on the show before, and it's causing mom and pop shops, gun shops that, that are owned by husbands and wives, grandmas and grandpas across this country, they're losing their livelihood because an employee forgot to write down a serial number properly, didn't dot his I's, didn't cross his T's. <clears throat> I've heard actual stories of this. And the thing is, when they revoke the federal firearms license, with, with, there, there is a potential to be appealed. There is an appeals process. Zero tolerance. You make one mistake. No forgiveness. We revoke it. But there is an appeals process. The problem, the same guy that presides over the appeals process is the guy that signs the FFL revocation. Does that, does that sound like it makes a lot of sense? So this guy's going to say, yes, I'm revoking your FFL. And then he is the one that presides over the appeals process. So in your appeal, you have to make him change his mind that he's already put his name on that piece of paper. I believe it's the director of the ATF is the only one that can sit on the, uh, the appeals process. I don't have that name in front of me, but it is happening and it's happening every single day. Which is one of the reasons why at Tactical SH Aster T in St. Peter's and in Clearwater and in Orlando, we sell guns, but we don't sell them in the store. I am not going to give these guys one inch of power over me. One inch of influence over me. One inch, because when you give them an inch, they take everything. That's how it works. That's what we're seeing with gun laws. But let me explain to you what we do and how we do it. So we do sell guns on the internet. You can order a gun right now on our website at shoptacticalsh Although there's no asterisk in it, you got to put the vowel. Or just Google it, you'll find us. You can go to the guns tab. You can look up something like a TAC-9 or AK-47 from Zastava or... uh, you know, maybe a, a Franklin binary lower with an SBA 3 arm brace on it. Ooh, spooky. It goes rat-a-tat-tat, and it's got an arm brace. You can order those things from from our website. And what happens is when you order it from the website, you choose what FFL you want to receive that gun at. This is how ordering guns online works. Liberals try to lie to you and say there's some sort of online loophole That's not at all how this works. So when you order it from our website, you say, okay, I want to deliver this to, let's say uh, you're in St. Charles, you want to deliver it to Ultimate Defense, right? And so you order it from us, our manufacturer or our distributor or our fulfillment warehouse takes that gun off the shelf, they write down the serial number, they transfer that gun to the gun shop, in this case, Ultimate Defense, and Ultimate Defense calls you, says, hey, your gun's here, and then you come in. And you fill out a 4473, this is where all the risk is. Because if you don't fill out the 4473 properly, if you make a mistake, for example, I heard the other day that someone's license got revoked because instead of, uh, instead of putting Nation of Residence as United States of America, they just abbreviated USA. Well, evidently that's not allowed. It's got to say United States of America. And so if Ultimate Defense doesn't catch that typo that's your fault, they lose their license. But if if you don't make a typo, or if you do and they catch it and they correct you and they get it all taken care of, then that gun gets transferred to you after your NICS check to make sure you're not a prohibited person and you're not going to have to have a waiting period. Now, if you are a prohibited person, you shouldn't be trying to buy a gun because – They are now enforcing that if a prohibited person attempts to buy a firearm and is denied, then Ultimate Defense, or whatever the gun store is, has to report your address that you showed on your state ID to the ATF and tell them that you were trying to buy a gun. So if you're a prohibited person because you have a felony conviction or... You know you're uh, you're part of an ex parte order of protection. You know th- then they're going to come knocking on your door and asking you questions and potentially charge you with a crime. But we don't do all that. So so we don't do the 4473 at tactical SHT. You can come in. You could actually pick up an A. Rex tactical. Look at it. Dry fire it. Point it at the wall. Feel it pull the trigger, do all the things as long as you're safe about it. And, uh, and, and that's a demo gun. You just can't buy it and take it with you. You say, okay, I want that. And then we have it shipped from the warehouse to the gun shop closest to your house. That way they could be the ones to take the risk of losing their license in order to sell you that chunk of metal. Now, why am I talking about all this? Because I've talked about it before. I'll tell you what. It is ironic ironic that the FFLs are being revoked by the ATF and that the ATF has made themselves judge, jury and god over making these decisions when the ATF themselves do not have their own house in order to the point that they were just they were just basically torn apart by the Department of Justice Inspector General as he has concluded an investigation that the ATF themselves are responsible, their negligence is responsible for thousands, thousands of guns, gun parts, and even machine guns hitting the streets illegally because they were stolen From them. You heard that right. The ATF had an employee at their disposal division, what they call the NDB, Nora David Bravo, the NDB, which is the ATF National Destruction Branch. This is where guns and gun parts go to die after they run through the court process. So... Your guns have been seized. Or let's say, oh, how about this? When they revoke an FFL, that FFL has to immediately get rid of all those guns to another FFL or the ATF seizes all of them. We could be talking millions in inventory here. So the ATF on a regular basis is seizing firearms. Tons and tons of firearms, both from criminal elements that are arrested on the street and from legal law-abiding American entrepreneurs because they didn't dot an I or cross a T. Those guns then go to the NDB, the National Destruction Branch, which is in Martinsburg, West Virginia. This, uh, this led in 2019 to thousands of guns being stolen from that building By a contract security guard. That's right. A 52-year-old contract security guard was found guilty of stealing not just one, although his conviction is for just one. His conviction is for the possession of a stolen firearm and selling a stolen firearm, although he was responsible for thousands. That was his plea deal. They ended up giving him 168 months in federal prison, which is pretty substantial. I guess it's at least almost a little over ten years, ten to twelve years, and uh, maybe it's fifteen. I don't know. The um, they this guy over a period of time stole thousands and thousands of guns and then sold them to people all over the country. I guess on the internet. I'm not sure where or how he stole, stole them. But we're going to dive into that coming up next, and we'll talk about what the Department of Justice is doing to slap the pee of the ATF for this negligence, and nobody's revoking their license. You know, inflation sucks. Inflation has hit the gun industry hard, but fortunately, the inflation that we experienced is, for all intensive purposes, over. Which, if you're an, you know, if you're an entrepreneurial type, enjoy the study of capitalism, enjoy economics, like I do. Um, I would say that the gun industry and the ammunition industry may very well be a KPI, a key performance indicator, or an early indicator of inflation. <clears throat> the same way. The sale of used boats is uh, is an early indicator of of, uh, of of good times, right? So everybody knows when things get bad. Alcohol, ammunition, drugs, things like that, sale goes up. You know, alcohol is fairly inflation proof because you're going to buy it no matter what it costs because it's well, it's addictive. But ammo. Not so much. You could actually say, it might be addictive for some, you know, with the dopamine release, but you could actually say, you know what? That stuff's getting pretty expensive. I don't think I'm going to go to the range for a while. And that's what we've seen for a while because last year we had inflation. We saw 5.56 five, ammo get up to a dollar per round. That happened, although it was momentary. I remember. Thinking, oh, this is just ridiculous, and it lasted just for a couple days because I think the rest of the world was like, "Yeah, that's not happening." You know, five, five, six, and two, two, three ammo hitting a dollar. Yeah, we saw three hundred blackout hitting two dollars. You know, we saw we saw certain ammos hitting three dollars around. That's like fifty cal prices, right? anyway, uh, I'll use nine millimeter because nine millimeter is the most common round sold in America. It's the most common self defense gun in America, the nine millimeter, the one that Joe Biden says removes the lungs from the body. Well, nine millimeter, back in the good old days, used to be about $12, $12 $12.99 a box. Like a good deal on nine was like $12 to $14.99 a box for 50 rounds, which basically put it at about 25, 26 cents per round, about a quarter per bang. Well, during inflation, we saw nine millimeter hit well over fifty cents, sixty cents per pew. and uh, so that you know, it doubled in price. It tripled in price. And over the last several months, we've seen it fall and fall and fall and fall as supply chain issues were solved by a capitalistic, surges in inventory, everybody went out and said, Oh my gosh, we need to bring in more nine millimeter and just, just imported and imported and imported. And everybody started running their machines as fast as they could. as Soon as they could get the components, the primers, the cases, the powder, those projectiles. And once they did that, next thing you know, we have a surplus in the market. That's how this stuff works. Right. And so now there's a surplus that's causing the ammunition prices to fall, which is bringing us to the other side of inflation. We are now at the bottom of the valley Of inflation. We are back to pricing pre inflation, pre COVID 19, pre riots, pre millions of first time gun buyers buying their first guns. All those things added to that inflationary situation. But we're back. We're back. We may even be a little low right now. I'm telling everybody if you were, if you were patient enough to not stock up on ammo during the crisis when everybody thought it was going to never be available again even me in some cases i you know i had those beliefs i thought you know what this is this is a real problem but you know what if you were patient and you didn't overdo it during those times this is the time to buy the ammo i tell people invest in precious metals buy brass buy copper, buy lead. And, you know, what, what do you do? What's the best way to buy an investment? When it's low, right? If you buy 10,000 rounds at 9 millimeter right now, you're going to pay about 2500 bucks for it. And if we have another ammo crisis in the next couple of years and you don't need that ammo, you could probably double or triple your money. Now, I'm not giving you financial advice. I am I'm definitely not somebody to follow for that. But you know what? In addition to investing in precious metals like brass and copper and lead and stainless and things like that, I also believe in hedging my inflation bets by investing in gold, silver, and platinum. Gold, silver, and platinum. Those are the real precious metals, right? I'll tell you, when I was a kid, I was a coin collector. You know, I've always been into guns and bullets, but I was, I've was i also always been into money. Uh, And when I was a child, I collected coins. I loved going to my grandma's house because I would search her drawers, her wooden drawers in her old desk for, you know, old quarters and old pennies and old dimes and nickels. And if I found a silver dollar, one of those Morgan head coins, you know, I'd go look it up. I'd see how much it's worth. And I'd try to identify what quality is this coin? Is it a VF? 60 you know or whatever I don't know remember what the the terminology but I used to really enjoy collecting researching valuing coins and then watching those values change over time by getting that new book this is before the internet I'd have to go get that new coin value book every year I'd spend hours looking at my pennies and my nickels and it was funny is that coin collection that I that I had when I was a child is probably worth about five or ten thousand dollars today and it's still in my closet you know, it's got such sentimental value. I'll probably never sell it. If I sell that, we got big problems. But I'll tell you what, I have started doing something else to hedge my inflation bet uh, that is almost as much fun as that coin collecting when I was a child, and it's not sentimental. So if I do need to sell it, I can. I signed up for a company called the Bullion Box. They're actually fans of Tactical SH Aster T. And uh, these guys reached out to me years ago, and I signed up for it And every month... You know, I send them money, and they send me a box, and in that box, there's stuff. It's one of those subscription box services. You know, I got a box that's empty. Now I got a box that's in the box. I got a bag that's in the box, and I got a card that's in the box. The card tells me what's in the bag and in the box, so I can identify it. And so, in this particular September 2022 bullion box... It's got a one-ounce Tom and Jerry coin, a true cat and mouse game in which the music and sound effects are contribute to the humor and the action, blah, blah, blah. Some, some descriptive thing about this coin that was made by the, the Royal Dutch Mint you know, to uh, commemorate the Tom and Jerry cartoon, which was one of my favorite cartoons when I was a kid. And uh, so it's actually a, actually a silver coin that's got Tom the cat getting screwed over by Jerry the mouse. Got a little holographic image on the other side. It's also got in it an Australian Lunar Year of the Tiger coin. Uh, It's actually a coin with a white paint on it. It's got the uh, Queen Elizabeth II on the other side. Super cool. Extremely neat graphics on these coins. Then there's a ton of silver bars in this thing. And a ha- uh, one-tenth of an ounce $5 gold American Eagle is also in here. So a little bit of gold, a little bit of silver. Got another uh, uh, a full gram of silver and uh, a one-ounce silver Libertad uh, from, uh, from Mexico. Mexico. So uh, that's, that's all in there. And then I've got this Year of the Tiger lunar thing. This is in a box. I know you guys on the radio can't see this. But you know, I've been meaning to open this thing for days, and I keep forgetting to do it, so I wanted to do it on the air with you guys. So this is uh, the, the the Australian Lunar Year of the Tiger. Ooh, wow, that's really cool. It's even got a, like a precious stone embedded in the forehead of the tiger on the coin, and again, got the queen on the back. So this is all cool stuff that my kids love to look at, that my grandkids will love to look at, that if I... You know, if I need to, I can sell. And the package I signed up for is $500 a month. Now I realize a lot of you guys can't afford $500 a month. They have other packages. I think their smallest package is like forty nine ninety nine dollars a month. It's a great way and a fun way to collect some silver, gold, and platinum on a monthly basis. Yeah, you're not paying super low prices for it, but they're also not hosing you either. This is gonna be, you know, these things will be profitable for me probably in the next year or so. Uh, Just all I got to do is put them in a drawer and sit on it and just keep getting these boxes every month, which is really fun. Anyway, that's bullion box. You can find them on Instagram, Uh, find them on the internet. just Google bullion box. They don't pay me to say that anyway. So I don't know what their URL is anyway. Um, other things going on in the world of the second amendment. Interestingly enough, last week, federal agents, um, came out and basically said, claimed to have enough evidence to charge Hunter Biden uh, with tax crimes, plural, multiple tax crimes. But that's not what excites me. What excites me is they also said, and for making false statements when purchasing a firearm. In other words, he lied on his form 4473, that, that form you and I need to fill out when we buy our gun. He said... He signed he signed his name after checking the box that he was not illegally using or addicted to controlled substances. And then he proceeded to go on the internet and post videos and pictures of himself, smoking crack, snorting lines, doing hookers. And in some of these videos, he is seen holding the pistol, which I'm pretty sure was a six hour, but I don't remember. Um, and, and all of us were like, what? What? He's not going to go to jail for this? I would still be in jail for something like this. You would still be in jail for something like this. But do you think he'll be charged? The uh, U.S. attorney, David Weiss in Delaware, which is also Biden's home state, was appointed by Trump. Yep, he was appointed by Trump. So there's a chance, but it's probably a slim chance. You know, one of those little, little curly hairs. Because you know what? This guy's not going to do it. He's he's gonna let this slide. He's not gonna ruin his career. You know, I love it when court cases help support the Second Amendment. I love it when you know when a judge decides on the you know it in favor of your rights to carry a gun. Sometimes, um, as we've seen lately, with uh, a judge very recently deciding that. Uh, A federal judge deciding that, you know, preventing someone from carrying a gun because they're under felony indictment is unconstitutional. Uh, You have to be convicted of the felony in order to no longer be able to carry a gun, which is also a stupid law. Um, You know, I, I think it really should have something to do with if it was a violent crime or a crime committed with a gun, then, yeah, you lose your gun rights. But if you're, you know, if you if you had a felony for. I don't know, wire fraud or some, some sort of white collar crime. I I don't think you should lose your gun rights, the ability to protect yourself for the rest of your life. You don't lose your right to vote, right? So why would you lose the right to, to bear arms? Now in this case though, this is a new court case out of New Jersey. And it's one that's got me scratching my head. You know, this one's kind of crazy. So this, this, man who is 21 at the time of a traffic stop in New Jersey. Now, you know, in New Jersey, there's all kinds of gun laws. You, you know, you're not allowed to just go carrying a gun in New Jersey. and, uh, and so he gets, uh, during the traffic stop, there, there's four people in the car. It's night. The windows are tinted and the officer asks the driver to, uh, to roll down the windows for officer safety. Okay. Then the next thing you know, He says he smells marijuana, of course, because he made him roll down the windows. So now he's got probable cause to search the car. But he asked the driver, hey, can I search your car? I can smell marijuana. The driver's an idiot and says, yeah, you go ahead and search the car. And so he gets the four guys out of the car. And during that subsequent search for officer safety of those four guys, uh, this 121-year-old was found to have a Beretta 9 millimeter in his waistband. Now get this. The Beretta had one bullet in it, just one. It was chambered. Yep, yeah. Because carrying a gun without a bullet in the chamber is really stupid, and it, it's it's you might as well carry a hammer. But this guy, this uh, this guy had one bullet in the gun, and uh, so he gets arrested and they're going to they're charging him with uh possession of a, a firearm yada 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 he's looking at somewhere between 4 to 8 years in prison <clears throat> oh and by the way he was already on probation now that's the part that makes me scratch my head here so in a court case his attorney tried to get this thing thrown out um saying that you know the uh the search was unfounded you know the rolling the windows down was was not a, a valid request from a law enforcement officer, blah blah blah. Um, the court found that uh, that it was, though. Said that you know the officer taking steps, those steps to protect himself during a night traffic stop, dealing with multiple people, uh, was allowed. <clears throat> so um, this thing goes to the appeals court, right? So his his attorneys appeal it, and in the appeals court. Um, some more information comes out um, in the appeals court. The attorney for the defendant uh, tries to use the necessity defense. So the necessity defense in New Jersey is that uh, you know you absolutely needed that gun. You, there there are certain there are certain times when the gun laws in New Jersey don't apply, and there is a, a necessity defense. I'm pretty sure all of us can claim a necessity defense, but nonetheless, this kid who was on probation uses the necessity defense. Why? Because he was a narc. He was a snitch. And I, yeah, I know you guys are thinking snitches get stitches, but this guy, he's a, he's a narc and he's a narc for that police department that pulled him over. And evidently when the, when they, you know, this all went down, uh, obviously this is not a, a, a good character, right? He's, he's probably, you know, in trouble with drugs or crime in some way. Otherwise he wouldn't ended up a snitch and he wouldn't be on probation, right? He's probably on probation for a lesser charge because he snitched. It doesn't say whether he was on probation for a felony or not. Cause that's the part that's got me wondering, Hey, wait a minute. How does a felon in possession of a firearm <clears throat> have the right to necessity? But nonetheless, in the appeals court, Uh, He describes the situation as that the police failed to protect him as a snitch from other bad dudes. And that since they put him back on the street, he tried to move out of the state because he feared for his safety, but he could not. He couldn't move out of the state because he's on probation. And when you're on probation, you're not supposed to leave the state. He then admitted to obtaining a gun a few days prior, and he knew it was loaded with only one bullet because he had a plan. He had a plan, and his plan was not to hurt anybody, but he just wanted to fire that gun one time if they came after him so that he could it could distract them and run and flee. And you know what that one bullet would have done, right? It would have hit a baby in a house or in a stroller a block away. Nonetheless, um, this guy says... That, uh, that he'd been jumped twice and had the S-H asterisk T kicked out of him because of being a snitch. And uh, so this appeals court literally sided with him, saying that there was an imminent and compelling emergency. And uh, by doing so, he assisted the police in performing their duty to protect the public. Through no fault of his own, his cooperation with the police led to him being beaten up twice and fired upon in his own community. This is from the judge's decision. Defendant was acutely aware that other individuals in the community wanted to hurt or kill him because stitches get stitches. We find more than sufficient evidence to conclude that the threat to the defendant was imminent and compelling and raised a reasonable expectation in the defendant that he would suffer physical injury, if not death. The defendant's plea to law enforcement for assistance went unanswered. They failed to protect him. He tried to move out of state to avoid the threat. However, he was unable to do so. The defendant also changed his local residence to avoid encounters with the attackers, but that didn't work. He was, they followed him and he was attacked at his new home. Consequently, it said he faced a crisis with no opportunity to avoid um, repeated assaults until he was severely injured or killed. A jury should hear those arguments and then decided the, deci- the decision said, uh, yeah. So, This guy literally got let off of this firearms charge in New Jersey because he was able to show necessity because the police used him as a snitch in a criminal investigation and they failed to protect him. So he was going to be Barney Fife and walk around with one bullet in his gun to protect himself. What do you think about that? What do you think about that? I'll tell you what subscribe to this podcast, watch it on YouTube. Uh, And leave me the comments, or go to the app—you know, the ninety-three-three app—and leave us some comments about what you think about this guy getting getting the uh, necessity uh, granted by the judge in New Jersey, and uh, what you think that's going to lead to in other gun cases with uh, criminals. Talk. We'll talk later. I'll be back tomorrow.